What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with episode 40 of Dynasty Decisions. Been 40 of these things so far. If you guys are new around here, of course, we are closing in on 10,000 subscribers. So we really appreciate if you go down and hit the subscribe button. We're like 160 away from 10,000. So if you're new around here, hit that. Like the video, comment if you enjoy. But if you're new around here also, Dynasty Decisions is a series where we take your questions. Uh, basically, who should I pick in my rookie draft? Uh, is my team a contender? Is it a rebuilder? Next steps, et cetera, grade my trades. All that stuff will be covered. Anything and everything Dynasty Fantasy Football in today's video. If you want to be on Dynasty Decisions in the future, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Discord, but our patrons do get first priority. So patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange is the easiest way that you can get on future episodes. But before we get into it, Danny, how are you doing? For sure. And uh, talking about that, yeah, we get bombarded with a lot of your questions, which I mean, we love, we love, we would love to talk about and go over every one of your teams, but I mean, there's a lot of you out there. It's tough for us to get through all of them. So if you, again, if you want first priority, if you want to make sure that your spot is included as soon as possible on Dynasty Decisions, become a patron down below. And speaking, the next tone setter that joins on Patreon as we're recording right now, will receive the official guaranteed last spot of our tone setters league. And once that build, we're, we're going to be introducing some other leagues. But, I mean, the official Tone Setters Patreon League, one spot available. So if you want that spot, go get going. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we filled those up pretty quickly. So, um, as always, like, comment, subscribe. Like I said, now it's at the intro. All right, the first team that we got here is from Ernest. Again, he is a patron, uh, as yep. are the first six or seven teams that we're going to talk yep. about here. I'm he, he actually talked about how he's teaching his 14-year-old grandson Dynasty Fantasy Football. He said he was in charge of drafting while I advised him. Sometimes he took his advice, sometimes he didn't. <laughs> uh, it is a super flex, four-point per passing touchdown, PPR, no tight end premium, massive rosters with three taxi spots. Basically just wanted to get our thoughts on how his grandson did, advice on the team. He basically kind of evaluates it himself. We probably can't compete this year, but we wonder if 2023 is a possibility. What is the best direction we can go? And can you also rate the inky trade uh, we made during the startup last month? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I mean, you guys can see the team on the screen, but uh, quarterback, you got Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungavailoa, and Jared Goff. Running backs, you got Jonathan Taylor, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, Hines, and what I'd classify as fodder. Wide receivers, you got Tyree Kill, CeeDee Lamb, Corey Davis, Julio Jones, and then some fodder. And then at tight end, you got Pat Fryermuth, David Njoku, Irv Smith Jr., and Hunter Long, along with this year, the 108, the 205, the 308, the 405, and all the other future picks listed there. So uh, overall, when you're looking at this, trade, or this team, what are your first thoughts? Yeah, looking at the team, it's it's tough because the, the quick evaluation is can you compete or not is to look at the quarterbacks and running backs. And while you have Jonathan Taylor, who's obviously very, very valuable, Trevor Lawrence and Tua with Jared Goff as my quarterback three is a pretty shaky quarterback core to try and compete with. They're young guys, which is helpful. And you kind of made that assessment like we're wondering if 2023 is a possibility that we can start to compete. I would say it really all depends on how those guys develop because there's a world where you need two quarterbacks or potentially three after this year. If Trevor Lawrence starts to look like he's not going to be the answer in Jacksonville, if Tua Tungavailoa uh, potentially look, looks like he's going to get replaced in Miami, then you could be out at a bunch of different quarterbacks. But the opposite is also true, right? Trevor Lawrence could hit. 
achieve the prospect generational talent that we saw coming out of Clemson and Tua could take a step forward with his newfound weapons with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and all those dudes. So it's really shaky to build your quarterback core on guys like that. I would really prefer if you had one superstar and then these two yeah. guys as your two and three to build around. Uh, and then Jonathan Taylor, obviously, the, the, my opinion is that he kind of looks out of place on this roster because I don't yeah. think your wide receiver core is deep enough either. And uh, the quarterback core, like I said, kind of worries me. I would say personally with this roster that the main pieces uh, I'm looking at shopping again, it, it's tough saying this. Cause I mean, this is the clear cut RB one in dynasty fantasy football. And you kind of said you don't plan on competing in 2022 with the current status of this roster. The main guys I'm looking at maybe transitioning to the, you know, 2023, 2024 period of contending would be Jonathan Taylor would be Tyree kill and would be potentially Elijah Mitchell. If somebody's willing to give me a good offer for him again, um, if you can get a bunch of 2023 draft capital, maybe get your first back uh, and really build around, you know, Trevor Lawrence, CD lamb uh, and Pat Fry in particular, I would want to shape my team around those guys. I mean, you talked about the quarterback and running back core. And then when we're talking about receiver, like outside of those top two guys, like Corey Davis is probably like a fine, you know, back end type of, you know, urgent flex play. But other than that, like there aren't many startable pieces, which if I'm trying to contend, I don't want to do it solely based off, you know, the strength of two players in my wide receiver core or the strength of, you know, uh, a few of those running backs there. So I would look to see if you can transition Jonathan Taylor, Tyree Kill, Elijah Mitchell in particular, and try to get as much draft capital as possible within the next two years. Yeah, and I would go and try and get your first back also in 2023 because yeah. you don't have it, obviously. So um, I'd probably dangle the two a Tyree Kill stack to the person that has my first yeah. and be like, hey, can you give me my first back and then maybe their first or something Future like that. We'll just kind of see what you can get out of them for those guys. But yeah, I agree. Trevor Lawrence uh, and Pat Fryermuth and CD Lamb are pretty much the only guys that I'm willing to hold on to for sure on this team. Uh, and even Trevor Lawrence, I still think is kind of like a sell candidate because I didn't like, I mean, he, for as much as people, you know, shit on Zach Wilson's rookie year, Trevor Lawrence was equally as bad, if not worse, his rookie year. So um, he still has a lot more value to the dynasty community because he was such a highly decorated prospect. So I'm, I'm also interested in potentially seeing what you can get for Trevor Lawrence. For sure. I was just reading the little note here. Please tell my grandson Braxton Berrios is not the savior. He thinks he is. Uh, I'm sorry, Ernest grandson. Uh, er, uh, Braxton Berrios is not going to be that savior. You hope he will be. And he also wants to know what he basically did in the startup, the trade that he made. So he traded away his 2023 first and his 2022 sixth rounder in the startup, which became Ryan Tannehill in exchange for a second rounder in the startup, which became CD lamb and a 15th rounder, which became Zach Moss. So at face value, this is basically a, a early to mid again. We didn't know that that's what it was going to be at the time because they were still in the middle of the startup uh, uh, first and exchange for CD lamb and then Tannehill back on the other side. So what are your thoughts on that trade value wise? It's probably not bad, but knowing that that first is probably going to be early to mid, it, it starts to it, kind of sway me towards that side. It, it's tough because, I mean, uh, we both are under the impression that in Dynasty that Brian Tannehill is a pretty solid, undervalued quarterback 2-3 archetype, you know, a fringe top 20 Mac Jones level guy. So we have probably more, a little bit more value on him than consensus would probably say because of the contributions he can give you with the rushing game because of the weapons that they have there over in Tennessee. Like we like Ryan Tannehill. Um, and yeah, I mean, as much as I love CeeDee Lamb, he's my wide receiver for in Dynasty, knowing that that pick is probably going to reside early in 2023. You're talking about guys like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, 
all those wide receivers. Like there are a boatload of talent that we can already identify at this point. I can just imagine how hyped they will be going into that draft next year. As much as I love CeeDee Lamb, uh, I will take the first in Tannehill, knowing that that first-round pick is most likely going to be early to mid. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I don't think – at the time, you didn't know it was going to be like an early to mid first, but, I mean, your grandson kind of went off the rails with some of these picks. <laughs> so um, I'd, I'd say that that first became a lot more valuable the, uh, the rest of the draft and stuff, which For is sure. fine. I mean, it's his first you know, dynasty league. 100%. We're not going to hold it too much against him, yeah. but uh, I would recommend that you guys rebuild this thing and uh, <laughs> try and you know try and get what you can for your elite pieces. Yeah, and I'll, I'll quickly say, trust me, if you uh, looked at one of my first ever startups, uh, <laughs> you probably couldn't recognize that I was the one drafting it. It comes with learning. It comes with experience. And I mean, yeah, uh, there, there's an easy transition to be made uh, towards getting as much value as possible on this team. At least you have a solid foundation. Just, you know, keep adding and you leverage some of those pieces that we mentioned. Yeah, for sure. So let's get on to Tyler's team, which is the next patron question here. He says, good morning. Just wanted to know um, how I get on Dynasty Decisions. Obviously, we told him. Uh, yeah. I'm in a 16-team Superflex tight end premium. So, I mean, tight end's got to be super valuable in that kind of yeah. format. It's his first Dynasty League and third year doing fantasy overall. He wanted a bit of insight into whether or not he's a contender. He currently has all of his standard picks, which starts with the 113. Uh, thanks, guys, basically. So looking at his team, you guys can see it there. Having uh, Lamar Jackson and Trey Lance in a super flex is definitely really, really helpful uh, yep. for your team because those guys are both you know top 15 picks, especially in a 16-team format where quarterbacks are going to have a crazy amount of value. You also have DeAndre Swift, who's a big kind of cornerstone piece, some pretty solid wide receivers, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, Gabriel Davis, Brandon Cooks. Uh, not much at tight end, obviously, in the tight end premium. And then uh, your picks, like you said, beginning at 113. Looking at this team, I would say you probably cannot contend with this team given you're lacking big time at tight end and your RB2 on. But uh, I think you do have a great building block to be able to transition this thing into a contender as early as 2023. For sure. I mean, given your given your scenario, you have a ton of uh, depth that you built up, especially at the wide receiver position. Obviously, running back outside of Swift is a little shaky, but I mean, in a one running back, five flex type of league, especially in a 16-teamer, you're just looking to bank as much uh, wide receiver value as possible in that instance. Cause I mean, when we're talking about the fact that there's 16 teams, there's a lot of depth, there's a lot of players in position. You're going to have to be relying upon the variability that is when it comes to receiving production, which is a lot more, you know, variable as opposed to obviously running backs. Cause I mean, realistically here outside of, you know, the top five, six ish type of running backs, a lot of them are replaceable. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, you hit on a Daryl Henderson type, He's going to have a lot more value post-draft to a team if he ever were to, you know, fill in for Cam Akers or something like that. Obviously, though, as a standalone startable piece, it's not the position you want to be in. But overall, given the structure that you stuck to, you know, investing early in the quarterbacks, building out that wide receiver core, getting your one quote-unquote hero anchor running back, I like how you attack this startup. Oh, it's going to be a lot tarder, uh, a lot harder to build depth in the 16 teamer, but I think you're on the right path. I just wouldn't classify you as a contender just yet. Yeah, I I totally agree. I would say too, if you're in a 16 team league, adding a tight end premium to me is probably not the smartest move. Just because, and I I'm, I don't know if you it was your idea or your commissioner's idea, whatever the case is, because like how much do you have to give up to get Kyle Pitts in that format? Like oh. a, an ungodly amount of value, right? Like he, him and Mark Andrews and those those high end guys are just so head and shoulders above the other guys in value. And the tight end position, for one, is just, there's not 16 startable fantasy tight ends in the league, period. Yeah. There's like eight or 10, yeah. maybe, on a good year. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about in this instance, like, this would have made more sense to me if it was just 
one running back, one wide receiver, five flexes if you wanted to do right. the premium. Because then at least, you know, the, the elite guys still have their value comparative to other flexible type of pieces. So you have leverage there. But the fact that it's a 16 team, you have to start a tight end and there's a premium. That's tough. And I, I mean, mean look Kyle at Pitts it. is the first non-quarterback off the board in that format. 100%. Easily. 100%. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at this, like, I, I think Everett could be, you know, a decent dart throw, but he's not somebody you want as your main tight end piece going forward. So, overall, I mean, uh, you have some work to get to, uh, but I do think I, I can see the contending period, you know, 2023, 2024, if you continue, you know, adding talent, adding depth to this team. Um, the only thing I would say is maybe, you know, take your Gabe Davis, see if you can get a safer asset, maybe take your, um, I mean, there's nobody else that really sticks out to me other than Gabe Davis. Maybe if you can flip for, you know, uh, another steady type of asset. Yeah. The hard thing for you is probably going to be addressing your tight end position because you're probably gonna have to do it via trade because in this draft, there's not a guy that's going to be a huge difference maker. Do you want to spend your potentially early to mid 2023 first on Brock Bowers? Like, I mean, or not Brock Bowers. Who's the fucking guy? Uh, Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer, yeah. Do you want to spend that pick on Michael Mayer? I mean, sure, in a tight end premium in this 16-team format, he might be worth that pick, but you might be missing out on potentially great wide receiver, better wide receiver, running back prospects in that class. So uh, overall, like Danny said, you're you're on a good path, but you you still got some work to do. So uh, let's move on to Caleb's team, another patron here. Basically says, I know my team is stacked. (laughs) However, I haven't won a championship in either of the last three years, so I'm continuing to push. This is a three-wide receiver super flex league and I'll likely be forced to go wide receiver again with the first two or three of my 2022 rookie picks simply due to my place in the draft. Um, I, I definitely agree with that assessment. So going over his team, like you said, it is very, very good. He's got yeah. Herbert Burrow, Watson, Zach Wilson. Uh, like he doesn't get much better than that. McCaffrey, yeah. Gibson, Barkley, JK Dobbins, AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman Jr., Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Rashad Bateman, DeAndre Hopkins, Dumbest wide receiver core I've ever seen. Mark Andrews as his tight end. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter who else is there. Also has uh, some defenses and kickers as well. Um, basically, his only question is, what's next for this team? Um, Do he, Does he trade for another running back, an earlier pick to get Walker or for additional picks? Or do I go out and pay a premium value for for a, a stud, a Jamar Chase, a, a Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, or another cornerstone piece? Or do I stop messing with my team and just stay flexible throughout the season? Go buy Jamar Chase. Go buy Justin Jefferson. You are, I don't say this often, but genuinely speaking, you are in a position right here where your team's already at the point you needed to. Like genuinely speaking, you have the, like, I mean, if you were to assemble a redraft team this year, obviously with, you know, longevity piece that you have, but if you were to just strictly say, yo, this is my team going into underdog fantasy. This is my best ball team that I have going forward. Like, you would have a really good shot at winning that, you know, 12-man league or heck, even maybe even a tournament with this team to be, to be quite honest. So if we're looking at this team, like, go, like... Go lose point, trades. Literally go lose some trades. Genuinely. Some studs. Like, that's like, what I would say. Like, like if, if you, you have, have to package Mike Evans, Michael Pittman Jr., and Terry McLaurin plus a pick to get Jamar Chase or to get Justin Jefferson, yes. like, go do it, honestly. Like, I'm fine giving up three or four wide receivers to go get one of those guys. Let's just say you're going after Justin Jefferson. If you can you know, exchange Burrow into Lamar Jackson, like, which, I mean, we're going to get into that in another question later on. If you can transition Burrow into like a Lamar Jackson, I would look into that, man. Genuinely, if we're looking at that, Joe Burrow has as much upside as any pocket passer, but the difference between him and a Lamar Jackson at their ceiling is night and freaking day. Like Lamar Jackson's got the ability to 
win you a fantasy football league, given his production that he can contribute with his legs. So if you can get that type of ceiling added, you know, you go after a Justin Jefferson type of ceiling to add to your wide receiver core, even if you have to overpay a little bit. Um, <laughs> I would say go after a Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, but you know, you already have freaking Mark Andrews with this team too. Like, yeah, you you were in a good position. Just keep your those, head down. Those rookie you... picks are the the a volume or the ammunition I'm looking to do that too. Because yes. like you said, the best players available at your rookie picks this year, 108, 205, 208, are probably going to be wide receivers. So I'm okay packaging all three of those picks plus some of the guys that I have currently to go get a stud wide receiver. Because yep. realistically, what is Jahan Dotson going to do for your team? Like Nothing. not much. What is you know Justin Ross at the 208 going to do for your team? Like not much. So yeah. you might as well take the 108, the 205, the 208, Michael Pittman Jr. and Terry McLaurin and go out and get a superstar wide receiver or running back. Yeah, and I mean, we off, we often talk about this uh, when we're building teams. We want to collect as much appreciating assets as possible. We want to build the depth. We want to build the value as much as possible. You've clearly already done that. You've clearly took that to heart, spent the last few years building as much value, as much value, as much value as you possibly could have. Now you're at that stage where you've built the value. If you have to lose a couple trades to go win a championship, like you have enough depth, you have enough appreciability with this team that you can take, you know, losing a trade or two to get a Justin Jefferson, to get a Jamar Chase. Maybe you want to go, you know, Gibson and a first to go up to, you know, fucking Taylor or whatever, whatever you have to pay there. Like you have the flexibility here, given how you structured your team to be able to make that move while still not uh, inhibiting yourself from a depth standpoint. Cause even if you lose some depth pieces here, you have more than enough depth to suffice. Yeah. If you can too, I would try and make this a best ball league <laughs> because uh, you, you have the, the one thing I don't envy about this team is having to make start sit decisions. Oh, so man. if you could turn this into a best ball format somehow, I would definitely think that that, benefits you greatly because i mean you're, you're when are you ever going to put like mike evans in your roster like in your starting lineup like probably not very often yeah no i, I agree with you there uh well like he, he actually asked a bunch of things like do i do i do all these and uh he mentioned actually later on burrow for lamar straight up yes you can get lamar for burrow straight up the only way i wouldn't do that is maybe if i got jamar chase just for that ceiling projection if they hit their spike weeks that is the only way i would consider not doing it if you went after Jefferson, go get Lamar. If you went after someone else, go get Lamar. Lamar Jackson is the most criminally undervalued top-end asset simply because people want to push a Fugazi narrative that he's more likely to get hurt because he runs. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, the, it's hilarious. It's the big narrative around him. So um, go ahead. I, I just want to say one last thing. I actually was talking to him about it in the DMs about Lamar Jackson versus Burrow, and I don't think a lot of people realize this. Like, Joe Burrow is older than Lamar Jackson. Like, Joe Burrow was... Physically older than Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow, December 1996. Lamar Jackson, January 1997. But people always cite longevity, even though freaking Lamar Jackson is younger. Yeah, it's because he's been in the league longer. It's pretty much yeah. the only reason. Uh, it was like two draft classes different. Um, so yeah. let's move on to Chandler's team. Another patron of ours, 12-team, super flex, tiered PPR league, half for running backs, full for wide receivers, one and a half for tight ends. You start two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flexes. You guys can see the team there. Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Zach Wilson, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, pretty much no running backs to speak of. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Marquise Brown. This looks like a team that Danny built. TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> tight end. And uh, he does have some draft capital this year, including uh, the 108. And he also has, which is probably the source of where his running backs are going to come from, five first rounders in 2023. So he says, this is my home league. These guys aren't degenerates like I am. They're just casual players. I can kind of tell why right now. I'd say my starting lineup is around fifth or 
uh, fourth or fifth in this league, assuming that he, I mean, he also doesn't have any running backs. Uh, I came in second this past season and really had no business being in the chip. Uh, we voted to make this league tiered PPR after this past season to add some more value to wide receivers, which obviously benefits his team. Uh, running backs are extremely valuable to these guys. I can imagine why, because yeah. I mean, you've been able to accumulate so much value as a result, probably of trading away most of your running backs, like we're going to talk about here. So we're going to grade these trades. He gave us six trades, so we can't go in depth on all these because we'll be talking about your team for like 15 minutes, but let's just give letter grades to these trades. So the left side is what he received. 104, the 202, and a 2023 second in exchange for Joe Mixon, OBJ, and Kenny Galladay. What is was your like grade on that? A plus. I mean, it's you think that's an A? I wouldn't say it's an A plus grade. I'd say it looks like a B plus because Joe Mixon, well, obviously, in the 104, I would say those two assets cancel. cancel each other out. And then I would much rather the 202 in a second than Mixon or than OBJ and Galladay. All right, so I'll yeah. change my grade to an A minus. <laughs> I don't think it's an A plus trade because that's not like a woodshed move, but we'll I do, I do like your side of it. So the next trade we have here, he got Mike Evans. A 2023 first, just I don't know where it is, just a random 2023 first for doesn't Rashad matter. Bateman and Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter where that first is. As much as I love Rashad Bateman, like in Dynasty, he's probably right around Mike Evans, like in the most bullish case. So the fact that, I mean, I like Pat Fryermuth, but if you could tell me tomorrow that I'm going to get a 2023 first for Pat Fryermuth, I'm taking it yesterday. Right. And again, we don't know if it's going to be early, mid, yeah, late, whatever matter. the case is. Um, number three, we got, I, I'd give that like a, another B plus, A minus type of <laughs> yeah. grade. Uh, Terrace Marshall in a 2023 first for Mike Evans. So then in the previous trade, we're essentially getting two firsts for Mike Evans or for Pat Fryermuth and Rashad Bateman. So Easy. yeah, two first round picks, basically yeah. net. Plus you get Terrace Marshall on top of it. I don't like Terrace Marshall, sure. but as a sure. throw in, sure, whatever. Um, what, what do you give that one? Like a, another A, A minus? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I mean, realistically, I would rather have a random 2023 first than Mike Evans. And sure, like, <laughs> Terrace Marshall's a face planner. Maybe you could resell him. <laughs> yeah, for I do. sure. So then you got Marquise Brown, the 108, and a 2023 first in exchange for Elijah Moore, the 104 that you got in the first trade, and the 2023 second, I'm assuming, that you got in the first trade as well. This one's a little closer. Um, I mean, realistically, if we're talking about it, though, Marquise Brown in the 108 for Elijah Moore in the 104, Obviously, I would rather the Elijah Moore side, but then when we're talking about the discrepancy between a 2023 second versus a 2023 first, that about evens it out. I would say this is probably about a fair deal. Like, I would give this about a B, B plus-ish. Yeah, I, I do like the Marquise Brown side because like, yeah, the way I broke this down first. was Marquise Brown and a first for Elijah Moore. Or sorry, Marquise Brown, the 108, and a first for Elijah Moore and the 104 seem to be about equal value to me. And then obviously the second kind of just adds to the Elijah Moore side. Obviously, I just kind of broke down the entire trade, but... That's basically how I broke it down. And and Marquise yeah, Brown to me good. is is way more productive than he is valuable in fantasy. So uh, it's hard for me to to justify a guy like Elijah Moore who has a lot of perceived value compared to Marquise Brown. But like like you said, it's kind of like a BB plus type of trade. Yeah. Uh, in the long run, I think that works out for you. But maybe at the time, yeah. it, it might be perceived to be a little <laughs> bit less. But you never know. Because if Elijah Moore gets Drake London added to his wide receiver core, then suddenly you, you, you win this trade a little bit more. And I'm saying that I would slightly prefer the Marquise side. As probably as big an Elijah Moore stand as you can find. Like this is yeah. a guy that I'm talking about myself. This is a guy who leg legitimately has Elijah Moore in the top 15 of his dynasty receiver rankings. But to be fair, no, Danny, is, that's not a hot take. That's where his value is. <laughs> which, which is like I, I felt like I was hot take ish when I when I said it initially. But yeah, that's where his Marcus uh, market values kind of climbed to. But I mean, I also think Marquise Brown is easily one of the more undervalued assets in dynasty and. Just transitioning that 2023 second into 2023 first, obviously there's no context as to where we expect it, but even if that's just a random 2023 first, like 
yeah, like I'm cool downgrading Elijah Moore to Marquise Brown with getting that first. Yeah, for sure. So, so this other one too, he set his league over values running backs. I personally <laughs> would prefer Deontay Johnson straight up to yes. Antonio Gibson as well. So uh, yeah, give me Deontay on that side of the trade, probably like a B plus type of move as well. And then we got Daryl Henderson and Alexander Madison. So you acquire some high value handcuff running backs in exchange for Michael Gallup and Gerald Everett, who, I mean, Michael Gallup's fine, but you know, these value, these running backs, I'm assuming what you're planning on doing is reselling these running backs to, to teams in your league when their running backs get hurt, which I would commend you for, because like you said, you're a degenerate and you have a little bit more casual players. So you might be able to squeeze a first round pick out of somebody if their running backs go down in season and Daryl Henderson and Alexander Madison are thrust into some kind of big time volume. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I will say though, in a more competitive league that doesn't overreact on running backs, like if we were in a, a league together and this went through, like I want the Michael Gallup side, not just because yeah, of all this is probably like a C plus deal, but given your league yeah. mark, it's probably like a BB plus. Yeah. Cause I mean, like if I were to say here, Michael, ba- Michael Gallup's like pretty easily for me, the most valuable player in this deal. But as you mentioned in a more casual league, if, Cook misses three weeks. Maybe somebody gives you like a high, a uh, mid to, an early to mid projected 2023 second. Same thing with, you know, Cam Akers or, I mean, we're, we're assuming Cam Akers is going to be fully ready to go by the season. Maybe Daryl Henderson takes a, uh, takes a bulk of the carries the first part of the season. I mean, we never know what's going on with the Rams. So overall, I do see the upside case for you. So I wouldn't completely hate on it. But if I were to make it this deal, I would prefer Gallup to any other asset here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, this, the second question he has here is, what should he do with his picks? Uh, the 108, the 202, 411. Again, we're, we're kind of talking best player available here. Uh, for me, 108 is the Jahan Dotson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams tier wide receiver, just given what I know about how the wide receiver and rookie drafts are going to play yep. out. And then the 202, I'm looking towards, you know, Sky Moore, somebody like Same that man. at the top of the second round. Maybe you want to go uh, if you're a big George Pickens guy, that might be like as early as I'd go on that. And then he does ask, what's up? I was just going to say, maybe because your league's more casual, they're willing to overpay you for that 108 and view your, you know, their 2024 first or their 2023 first as, oh, whatever. Like, this is probably going to be late anyway, sure. And they just give you, you know, let's just say you can get a 23, 23, one and two for your 108 on the clock. Because, I mean, I've seen it happen in casual leagues before. People panic. People have that fear of missing out in their rookie drafts. And if they don't have their first this year, they may be willing to give you future draft capital for that pick on the clock. Yeah, especially like you said, if it's a it's a running back centric market. If Isaiah Spiller goes in the second round, like I probably wouldn't spend the one hundred eight on him, knowing what I know now, and that probably would have been shocking for me to say a couple months ago. But yeah, seeing what's transpired in the offseason process with Isaiah Spiller, I probably no matter if he gets the best landing spot possible in the second round of the NFL draft, I probably still wouldn't spend the one hundred eight on him. So if you can sell high on Isaiah Spiller, maybe even at that two hundred two, like Rashad White gets high draft capital or something like that, and you can sell that for yeah. a future second and you know a small piece or something like that that's probably something i'd be looking to do but if you have to stick and pick Jahan dotson jameson williams chris olave with that first pick 202 probably sky Moore, david bell somebody like that is where i'm looking with those two picks and then he said how should i fill out my running back core i mean the answer is in your 2023 class you have five first and, two, and four seconds like i would yeah. exclusively look to sell to fill out my running back well, core with that draft class and uh, i'll just quickly say i mean typically people might say well how do you know you're going to get your running backs from that class like how are you projecting far out Trust me, we are degenerates. We've already looked so far into that class, and there is legitimately like six plus guys that could be vying for that top 
15 type of placement in next year, Jess. I mean, obviously we know the, the main bread and butter of that class with, you know, Bijan Gibbs, Sean Tucker, you got guys like, you know, Blake Gorham filling in and I'm sure Tank I'm missing Bigsby even and, Tank yeah. Bigsby. Like there are a bunch of names. And speaking of, of those names, we will have a video coming up post NFL draft talking about that 2023 class and doing a way too early mock draft on that 2023 class. And by the end of that video, if your reaction is, holy crap, that class is stacked, then we did our jobs right. Yeah, and then that that video should inform you guys on how to evaluate your own yeah. picks this year before your rookie draft. Because if you're like, ah, I got the 109, I don't really like anybody on the board, then go trade for a pick next year. Even if it's a random, could be the 112 or could be the 103 type of pick, um, then it's worth it for you at that point. We'll cover that at that point in time. So let's move on to Robert's team here. Another patron, 12 teams, super flex, tight end premium. You guys can see the team on the screen there. Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones. Joe Mixon, Javante Williams, et cetera, at running back, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore. I, I noticed like the more we do these, we're getting more receiving cores that look like this, like Justin yeah, Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore types. Uh, and then we get TJ Hawkinson at tight end. He has the 104 in this year's class, two first rounders in 2023. Um, he basically said, would you uh, would love your thoughts on what to do with this roster at 104 specifically. Uh, you guys are higher on wide receivers than you are Kenneth Walker. Would you take Walker anyway? So the one thing I will say, is if you haven't maybe tuned into a video of ours, or we, we've kind of also just recently talked about this with what we're hearing about Kenneth Walker, how high he's going to get drafted. Some of the people that we trust that are very high on him, like Graham Barfield, Graham. who we had on the channel. I'm not going to argue with anybody that wants to take Kenneth Walker as high as the 102, 103 overall over some of those wide receivers. I personally would probably still lean the wide receivers unless they get terrible landing spots. But at the same time, I understand what, what the Kenneth Walker upside is, even despite the lack of a receiving profile. Because like I talked about in that video, He's kind of like the Devontae Smith this year. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Kenneth Walker. Break the mold yeah. of the non-receiving profile running back. Yeah, and I mean, like the nice comparable, too. I mean, you you made a video talking about J.K. Dobbins, who showed, like, if you're a really, really efficient runner and you're really, really good in space, maybe you can potentially project into a receiving role after a couple of years. I mean, I, I'm not ruling that out for Walker. Obviously, it, it would be a statistical outlier, given, uh, obviously, a lot of the analytics people will hate on me for saying that, but I mean, but he's still a pro skill set. It's not like becoming a receiving back is out of the range of outcomes for an elite 100%. athlete at the running back position. 100%. So, I mean, if you want to take him there, sure. Uh, the one thing I'll say is I would monitor uh, your league's standing on Malik Willis because in a super flex, it is pretty rough after Lamar Jackson. Like I think Winston Jones Mayfield could be fine. And you want to go up and get him? I would rather try to move up for Willis than I would take a running back in this spot given your quarterback core. Yeah. Right. That that's definitely a possibility. And speaking to that, maybe you could use Joe Mixon somehow. Maybe you can yeah. go Joe Mixon in the 104 for Malik for the 102 and a 2023 first or something like that. Yep. Or or yeah, um I mean that that's an example. Maybe that uh, that person has like a Dobbins type and is willing to give you that upgrade from 104 to 102. I'd look at that as well. Yeah, for sure. So um, he also said since last Dynasty Decisions, I guess we've covered his team already. He said he traded away Jerry Judy, Cole Komet, and Duke Johnson for the 104, a 2023 second Galladay and Higby. Now, I would have done that package for the 104 only. Like that to <laughs> me, that was Jerry Judy's value to me is like, even if you're the most staunch Jerry Judy truther, and Jerry Judy's the second highest grade I've ever given to a wide receiver uh, coming out of college in the last three drafts that have graded wide yep. receivers. I still wouldn't give up more than like the 106, 107 for Jerry Judy, even if you're like the most staunch advocate for him. And then Komet, I like, but he's he's like a mid-second round value. So that 2023 20, second kind of cancels him out. And Duke Johnson is is pretty much worthless. So 
Um, getting Galladay is a nice upside swing. T- uh, Tyler Higby's a fine depth tight end for you as your tight end too. I think that's a great trade for you. For sure. And he also mentions this other trade here. He traded Dallas Goddard, Elijah Mitchell in the 2022-109 in exchange for Javante, Hawkinson, and Osborne. And It's I mean, a tight end premium at, too. Yeah, so if we're looking at that, like, I don't view uh, it as being a huge step from Goddard to Hawkinson, but in terms of market value, in terms of production, I still would rather Hawkinson. So yes, that would be an upgrade there. And if we're just talking about straight comparables, uh, as much as I love Elijah Mitchell, if you could tell me I could move Elijah Mitchell in the 109 for Javante Williams, I would do that yesterday. Yeah, easily. For me to get up to Javante Williams, if I had Javante Williams to sell him away for Elijah Mitchell plus somebody, I'd probably have to get the 101. To be honest, like I'd probably have to get the 101 in this year's class, maybe the 102. That's like the minimum, the, like one of those first yeah. two picks. Yeah, I mean, like realistically, it's it, it's tough because I mean, Javante Williams. If we knew tomorrow that Melvin Gordon was officially gone, like this would be a guy ranked in our top four for redraft, a 21 year old running back ranked in the top four for our re- for redraft, insulated in a Denver Broncos offense now pioneered by by Russell Wilson, like. He's probably going to be dynasty RB two before all said is done. If he's I mean, not he's, already, he's there. already my dynasty he's RB two. He are, he is mine as well. But I'm saying like consensus wise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if he's sure. not already there. So, yeah. yeah. Any other insights? I mean, like I said, Joe Mixon's the only guy that stands out yeah. on your team as maybe you can get, like Danny said, a young running back like Dobbins or or Etn or somebody like that for the price of moving up from 102 to one or 104 to 102 to potentially secure Malik Willis. Like we also kind of talked about. Your quarterback core needs some work. Ideally, in an ideal world, you'd have Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield as your QB three, four, and five, not your two, three, and four. So if you can somehow get Malik Willis or get a quarterback two using Joe Mixon, I would probably uh, do something like that as well. And then at 104, again, if you wanted to just trade Joe Mixon away for a quarterback straight up and use the 104 on Kenneth Walker to replenish your running back core, I don't think that's a terrible idea either. Yep, for sure. So uh, any closing thoughts you have here? Should we move on to the next team? Uh, let's move on to Skins team here. These are the non-patron questions here. So Skins, Correct. member of the Discord, he lists his team. He has his starters. Uh, it's a 12-team PPR, one quarterback league. So he has uh, Kyler Murray as his main quarterback. Uh, J.K. Dobbins uh, listed after Eno Benjamin for some reason. Damian Harris uh, as his RB2. Then he has you know wide receiver core. I think this is listed alphabetically. DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Smith, Will Fuller types, Gabriel Davis as his top wide receivers. He also has Dallas Goddard as his main tight end. And then draft pick wise, he has the 101 this year. He has two or three early second round picks, 201, 202, and 203. And then he has two firsts in next year's class. He's also made a couple trades here. Uh, his main questions are, is his second year in Dynasty, what should he do with his picks? Should I trade the picks? Should I spend the picks? And then who should I draft slash trade for, basically? So um, let's start by going over the picks and his, his team needs. So I think the 101 is pretty clear. I'm taking Brees Hall. It's a one quarterback league. Yeah. It's, it's a very easy decision for me. At 201, 202, and 203, in a one quarterback format, this is like the area where you're getting into the more questionable prospect types like George Pickens and Christian Watson and David Bell and somebody like that. So if you want to shop those picks for wide receiver talent, you can go out and get, you know, um, like Keenan Allen types if you're trying to compete right now or Mike Evans types if you're trying to compete right now. And if you're not trying to compete right now, you should be able to take some swings at some young wide receivers um, off the top of my head. I can't think of any uh, that would go for that type of draft capital, but um, that's probably what I'd be looking to do. But if not, you can just sit pat and take, you know, Sky Moore, David Bell, whoever ends up falling to those early second round picks. 100%. I mean, and looking at the the team right now, he actually lists his starters on the left. So you guys can see the the, the main base of his, of his starters here. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, you have Juju listed and then Amon or Devonte. Just take Juju out and put both Amon and Devonte. I'll say that right now. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like you have a good solid foundation here. The only thing I'd say, obviously, uh, you would substitute uh, Briggs Hall in that spot that Damon Harris occupies, and I would maybe see if you can move Jerry Judy if you, if your league values him. I mean, we kind of talk about you know see what you can get for Jerry Judy because obviously his market value is extremely high now with Russell Wilson in town. I would see maybe if you can transition, you know, Jerry Judy into who's a, a relatively valued receiver to Judy, like Chris Godwin, maybe. Um, right now in my dynasty rankings around Jerry Judy, I have uh, Jamison Williams, Market Michael Value Junior, Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk, uh, guys like that. Meant like like a market value standpoint, because obviously his market value is a little bit higher than we have him ranked. I think. Right. You know, okay. So maybe you could even potentially get up to Devontae. Well, you already have Devontae Smith on your team, but maybe you could potentially get up to a pick that'll get you Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, who are valued similar for, uh, for me. Like you said, Chris Godwin, maybe you can add a piece in to get Elijah Moore post-draft when they potentially add one of those top wide receivers. Yep. yep. No, I, I would agree with that. So, I mean, looking at this team here, uh, in terms of potential trade bait, I would definitely say Jerry Judy's up there. Uh, Gabe Davis would be up there for me as well. Um, I would gauge a league on their value of Damon Harris simply because, obviously, uh, he's locked into that role. He's a young running back. People are going to cover that. I just don't necessarily think he has that difference-making type of ceiling that you would want at his current value. So if you can, you may be able to get you know a future first for him if somebody is looking at their team, expects themselves to be in a winning window, and projects that to be late. Or, I mean, you, if you can get, obviously, if the 201 this year, I would have said the 201 would have been a good spot. But maybe somebody's willing to give you their late first this year, too. That could be another option. Right. And uh, some to put some names to the guys I said for potential to move the early seconds you have, if you can go buy low on Chase Claypool, um, you could go yep. after Mike Williams, you could go after uh, Rashad Bateman, somebody like that with those picks, yep. if uh, they are in peak rookie fever season and they want to move off of those. He actually has some trades listed on the side that we can kind of just grade quickly. Yep. He sent away uh, Saquon Barkley, and this kind of goes back to his his third question. He said, should I tear this all down and build this in the draft where I'm at? Uh, he kind of started by this first Barkley trade is what he said. So he sent away Saquon Barkley, and in exchange for Saquon Barkley, got the 102, 202, and Jerry Judy. Is that enough for you to move off of Saquon? Because it's definitely enough for me to move off of Saquon. More than enough. You're, I mean, you're the Saquon guy too, but yeah, that's more than enough for me. Uh, I, I really like Saquon Barkley, but I mean, if we're talking about that realistically, even if you forced a running back there, even if you said, you know what, like, I don't care about the wide receivers. Like I want Kenneth Walker. If you force Kenneth Walker there, if we were to substitute Kenneth Walker, 202 type of wide receiver, maybe Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, whoever falls there and Jerry Judy for Saquon Barkley, I'm taking that package a hundred times at a hundred. Right. So, and he actually yeah. did in the third trade or the fourth trade traded away the one Oh two that he got in that trade in exchange for Trey Lance in the 2023 first. Now it's a one quarterback yeah. league, so it's not a super flex, but still. Trey Lance still has a lot of value in a one quarterback league. Yeah. 2023 first, again, another swing at a young prospect. His other two trades, he traded away Logan Thomas and the 306 in exchange <laughs> for the 301 <laughs> uh, last year, which he got Amonra St. Brown yeah. at the 301. I'd say that one worked out for you pretty well. Uh, and then he also traded away Carlos Hyde in exchange for basically Dwayne Eskridge, which was the 302. In last year's class, again, early third round pick for Carlos Hyde at the time, I would have been like, yeah, that's a great trade for you. So um, that's basically all that he has here. The only other thing that he had is he has an offer on the table for Quintez Cephas getting a random 2023 third basically could be mid to late. Just just take the pick. Take the pick. Like Quintez Cephas. uh, Yeah. A couple years ago, Bush put out a tweet where he was leading in yards per reception and it got retweeted by both him and Metcalf. So I had to make that little shout out there. But 
even though that's all cool and all, uh, I want production. And at least that dart throw offers me a potential of production, which Quintus Cephas probably will never have. Yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> he also coming off a major injury, I believe, as well. Yeah. So uh, let's get into the next team here uh, for Braggy Shoggers, also from the Discord. One quarterback, non-PPR league, 12-team. Uh, he has his team listed, Mahomes, Trey Lance as his top quarterbacks. He also has uh, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, CEH at running back, Godwin, Mooney, Kirk, Judy, et cetera, at wide receiver, and George Kittle as his tight end. Also has the um, 103 in this year's class, the 110 in this year's class, and then all of his picks in future classes, basically. So he basically said, I have another team that I would like to hear your input on. I guess we've covered a team for him already. I'm wondering yep. what I should do with my picks is his major question. So looking at his roster, I mean, you guys know what we're going to say. Like Joe Mixon yeah. and Dalvin Cook, see what you can get for them. It's going to be a rinse and repeat uh, argument for us all the time because, I, I mean, I've made two videos about why you want to sell running backs like that already if you want to check yeah. those out. The, on the league market that you have currently in your own individual league, I'm willing to bet that Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook have more Probably value than, than we perceive them to have. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we'll just look at ADP. I mean, realistically, and more comp sharp leagues that that we're in like those two guys are going i mean joe mixon's more of like a round five type of startup pick dalma cook's like a round six seven and in casual leagues i mean joe mixon may be you know a late two early three type of guy and dalma cook uh, i i doubt gets out of the fourth round well he so went I in mean, the fourth round of the dynasty startup draft that we did the other day with members yeah. of the channel too so like yeah. even you know some of our audience members still value dalvin cook at that level so um yeah i totally agree on those guys as far as what to do with your picks at the 103, I mean, it's pretty clear to me. Your wide receiver core is lacking some elite talent. You have yeah. definitely some guys with some upside, but I would add another piece to that. I would add Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, whichever guy you deem to be the best out of that group. For me, as it currently stands, that would be Drake London, but it is a one-quarterback league, so the top receiver might be off the board uh, for your league. So let's say if Traylon Burks, let's say, goes to the Green Bay Packers, he'll probably be the 102 consensus yeah. in most one-quarterback leagues. Then you're caught between Drake London and, and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, and I'll say too, I mean, you mentioned earmarking that 103 for a wide receiver. I would also look at that 110 and say, for the most part in this draft, obviously you want to keep an open mind. You want to play best player available. But realistically, I mean, if I'm comparing... There's, there's actually like Moore, no chance the 110 in a one quarterback league is a running back that's best player available. It never. Like, like, it's just it, not going to happen. not like, going to happen. Unless Isaiah Spiller gets like the most elite of elite landing spots. He's going it's before 110. for me to take him over 110, like in that 110 Dude, range. But but the thing is, consensus wise, even if Spiller lands, you know, day two to, you know, the Atlanta Falcons. Let's say he goes like, thirty seven to the Texans. He has a huge volume share in front of him. Top forty is, draft capital. He's going to be a top four pick. You think he's going to be that high of a pick if that happens? In in, in, in a, ca a more casual setting that loves running backs, yes. If Walker and Hall are off the board, somebody is going to take that next running back because we see it time and time again. Heck, Keyshawn Vaughn was a, a mid to like late. Like the 110 in a historically ago. loaded draft class. <laughs> like, I mean, it's ridiculous when we're talking about as soon as somebody is presented an opportunity, like people will run. People will push the running back off the board because they are running backs. Because quite frankly, other fantasy analysts have pumped, you know, you got to get your running backs, got to get your running backs, got to get your running backs. And I mean, if you can steal some wide receiver value when people are getting their running backs, you, you go and do so. Right. We want to value positions, not for the position they play, but for the talent of the player. And after Amen. after Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall are off the board, there's probably seven or eight wide receivers that are better prospects than Isaiah Spiller. So yeah. at that 110 spot, Jahan Dotson type, Sky Moore type, um, you know, maybe, maybe Williams or Chris Olave fall to you. Yeah. Probably not in a one quarterback format, but mo most likely those those first two 
that I talked about is the guys I'm looking for at 408. Whatever prospect you like, just take a shot. It, there's really nothing I could tell you to say that who's the best player at the 408. Just whoever you like, just take a shot. It's like, honestly, you might be looking at a board of like sleeper type of athletic running backs. Just pick your poison. Yeah, take like point, a Keontae Ingram or something. Yeah. He's there at 408. Yep. No, fully agree. We can move on to Jimmy Toofy and uh, one of the last teams of the video. We'll try to speed it up for you guys. We don't want to, you know, drag on too long. But uh, either way, you guys can see the team on the screen. So quarterback in a one quarterback league. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes. There's only two quarterbacks in Dynasty. I would take over Mahomes at this point. So, I mean, you're in a good spot there, even if it's a one quarterback league. Running backs, Akers, uh, Daryl Henderson, Herbert leading that group. Wide receivers, uh, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup. I'm assuming that's Devontae Smith. Gave it. So a lot of a lot of depth at wide receiver. Tight end, Oku Ibanam, and Njoku, along with the 110, 206, and 208 this year. 5 2023 20, firsts, 2 2023 20, seconds, and 3 2024 20, firsts and 3 2024 20, seconds. So clearly, I mean, you, you've been listening and uh, stacking those future classes because, I mean, eight first combined between 2023 and 2024 is a, a very fun spot to be from a team building aspect. And uh, overall, I mean, he, he, you took this question from him. I'm assuming he would want us to grade his trades here. Yeah. So he wants to know our thoughts on the trades. He also said he won with this team last year. Obviously he's really? made some trades since he's oh, made some trades where he traded away some of the pieces he would have won with, but uh, he said he got lucky. Some COVID issues and some injuries uh, made his team, you know, able to win the championship. He said the league has a few dominant teams. So he felt the decision that he had to make was, am I going to try and compete with a mediocre team or am I going to try and build a dominant team? Which I would say you made the right decision. You're on your way to building a team like that. Um, and he also said, so, uh, so far decided to go for a productive struggle in 2022, trade my assets to those uh, teams, thoughts on any future moves. And can you grade my current uh, trades that he made? So he gave yeah. away uh, Deshaun Watson. Like we said, it is, it's a one quarterback league and it's a 10 team or two. So quarterbacks don't have a ton of value and he already has Patrick Mahomes. I don't mind giving up Deshaun Watson to get a, an upside a receiver yeah. who showed a pretty elite target share in Michael Pittman. Yeah, no, I, I really like this move for you. I think this is a good trade, especially with having Mahomes. I mean, 10 team, one quarterback, you're not going to get assets like Michael Pittman, you know, thrown at you all around from people. So the fact that you're able to turn Watson uh, into Pittman here, uh, I think is a good, be a good deal for you. The next deal, you were able to trade away uh, Antonio Gibson, and you actually received, uh, I'm assuming this these picks are good random. So a, a random 2021st and second. Yeah, I mean, I love Antonio Gibson. I think he's a quality player, but Brief, you could tell me almost exactly how I value yeah. Antonio Gibson as a first and a second. And it's and, a 10 team league too. So it's a top yeah. 10 guaranteed pick with, with the 2023 so, first. And, and that's what I was alluding to. As much as I love Gibson, if you can tell me today that I can turn Gibson and get two random, you know, a, a 2023 first and a 2023 second. Yes, I, I like I'm doing that deal. As much as I love Gibson, I mean, in terms of actual appreciability, like if anything were to happen to Gibson this year, you know, he deals with a foot injury or, you know, McKissick chews, territory. I mean, yeah, McKissick chews into his receiving workload yet again. Like, yeah, he has, even though he's a running back, uh, a young running back and has a lot of upside, a lot of talent, like he's got a very uh, bad floor case. So if I can take him and transition into more stable assets, especially when you're not trying to win this year, especially when you're trying to tear your team of production to boost your own picks. Yeah, uh, I think this is a perfect deal for you. Moving to the next deal, I mean, this one's a no-brainer to me. CEH worth nothing, Rojo, whatever. You're able to get Marquise Brown, who's the clear best asset in this deal. 
no yeah, brainer. That's, we don't, that's, that's an A plus deal. I don't even yeah. need to comment on that. You yeah. also gave away Allen Robinson in the two Oh three in exchange for Calvin Ridley, the one ten and a 2023 third. I mean, Calvin yeah. Ridley and Allen Robinson, if you're rebuilding, I'd rather have Calvin Ridley. If you're contending, I'd rather have Allen Robinson. So I think that's a pretty even trade there. I'd rather have the one ten than the two Oh three, obviously. And then the yeah. third on top of it's just kind of gravy. So oh, I like Jerry. that trade for you there. And then you give away Travis Kelsey, obviously an aging tight end, probably a big reason why you won your championship is because he yeah. went berserk. He went off playoffs. nuclear. Yeah, the 210 and the 310, uh, you also gave away in exchange for a 2024 first, which is smart, uh, acquiring picks in that draft class because people don't know about those prospects yet. The 203 and the 206, on top of that, I think anytime you can get any kind of first-round value for Travis Kelsey, I'm always in favor of of moving him. Yep, for sure. So uh, overall, any other underlying thoughts here? Uh, I don't have much to add, to be honest. I mean, it clearly seems like you have your plan in mind. Obviously, I mean, the next piece, you don't have to sell acres, but if somebody's willing to give you a ton of, you know, 2023, 2024 type of assets and you can rid yourself of running back points and inherently increase the own value of your pick. Yeah, the next stop here would be if somebody's willing to pay you a premium for acres. Yeah, if somebody gives you a 2023 second, a 2024 first for acres, I'm okay moving them for that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So uh, overall, we can move on to the next team. Uh, and that's going to be from Angsty Reaper. So uh, if she DM both of us, a little shout out there. Um, 12 team half PPR. He says here he starts one quarterback, two running back, three wide receivers, a tight end and two flexes and mentions that his rookie draft is two rounds in snake. So keep that in mind when we're talking about these rookie picks. Overall, see the team. Quarterback, Lamar Jackson, running backs, Javante and Dolmans as the starters. You see them highlighted there. Wide receiver, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Marquise Brown. Tight end, Kyle Pitts. Can't do any better than that. Picks, 101, 107, 120, 23 first, two 20, 23 seconds, along with both his 2024 first and second. So overall, when you're looking at this team, what are your thoughts? And then we can move on to the deals. Yeah, having a snake draft and a rookie draft is kind of an interesting concept because I would argue that like, maybe next year is an outlier. 2020 was an outlier for the most part. Like the 110, 112 area is where the class is probably going to start to fall off. So a snake draft probably wouldn't be the worst idea because there's a chance that that 101 person is is not going to get a great prospect at like 112 anyway. Which I'm sure they don't care about either way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, either way, yeah, Angsty Reaper, this, this team looks like you're in a pretty good spot. You have a lot of cornerstone pieces like Danny mentioned with AJ Brown, Javante, Lamar Jackson, et cetera, Kyle Pitts. And then you're going to add Brees Hall to that mix, I'm assuming, as well. Um, we can we can start uh, evaluating the trades here. He sent away. What's up? Uh, no, I'm just trying to understand this deal. It's a one quarterback league, and you dealt Tua, and I'm assuming that's the 206 for AJ Brown. What? Yeah, I don't, I literally have no idea. Like even in a super flex league, you fleece this guy. But I'm just even in, to, even in a two quarterback, six point per passing touchdown, 14 team league. I would still rather have AJ Brown. Could be a fucking five quarterback league, to be honest. Like, fuck, <laughs> like literally like what I need. I need to hear that guy's rationale. If you can uh, message. Either that must of us, be like a Dolphins please. fan that went to Alabama. Like, there's the that there's. That's the only way. Like, I, I don't even know what else to say. Uh, yeah, you took that guy to the woodshed. I don't think we have to elaborate on that too much longer. We'll go on to the next deal because that's just going to make me angry looking at that deal any longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and next, the next the next deal is great too. I think send, yeah. sending away Jerry Judy. Obviously, we, we we talked about he has a lot of hype around him right now. The one hundred eight and a one quarterback league probably is a point where the the picks start to fall off a little bit. The player talent starts to fall off a little bit, and you get DJ Moore and an anticipated early twenty twenty three second. Next year's class is going to be deeper than this year's class. I, I yep. would consider a, an early second in next year's class, even in a one quarterback league. 
pretty close to equivalent value to a late first in this year's class, just based on, you know, the Jahan Dotsons of the world, the sky Moore type of prospects. I think you're probably going to get equally as good of prospects next year. For sure. Early yeah. Time. Yeah, no, I agree there. I mean, and as much as we love Judy, we'd like, uh, from a player standpoint, from an asset standpoint, he's just overvalued point blank simple. Yeah. And we're talking about DJ Moore, we're talking about a guy who, is an elite target getter in the NFL. And I know everybody says, oh, get him a quarterback, get him a quarterback, get him a quarterback. But I mean, even if he doesn't have a quarterback, he's shown an elite target ceiling and he's got that added ceiling where if he did get a quarterback upgrade, we've seen him command targets. If we got, you know, reasonable targets thrown to him, like we could be talking about a guy who's constantly in that top five to 10 range in fantasy football. Exactly. Yep. So, uh, and then we can talk about this third deal and then move on to the final team of the video. Uh, we're nearing up on about an hour. So he does, he does have one more question after this, but I'll, we'll, oh, we'll okay. get to that one quickly. So we'll talk about the trade first. He sent away Mark Andrews, Tyler Boyd, and the 208 in exchange for the 101 and Will Fuller. This one's really interesting. Cause I mean, realistically you're, you're, you're attributing that 101 straight to Brees Hall. Um, it's a tough one, but again, because you have Kyle Pitts, obviously losing Andrews doesn't hurt you as much here. So realistically, although contextually, it's probably right about fair. The fact that you have Kyle Pitts makes me obviously lean to that whole side because you're getting an elite running back asset locked and loaded could fit into your flex. I mean, look at that four stable of running backs. You're going to be pairing up with Javante, Doms, Etienne, and Brees Hall. So uh, overall, I like this deal for you in your context, which transitions perfectly into his last question. His last question is, or his biggest question is what to do with his running back core. Should I, I have a lot of ceiling potentials, what he said, but also some question marks with guys like ETN and Dobbins from a health perspective between those guys, Javante and the one Oh one, what should I do with my running back core? Should I a keep the running back depth and have those four young running backs to build around B try to trade one of them away for more draft capital this year. C try to get more of the 2023 draft class gold running back uh, capital or D try to secure a stud, a stud wide receiver using one of those guys. What what is your kind of course of action having those four dudes? I'm leaning one of the first, um, one of the last two options. If you can either transition one into a wide receiver or you can transition one into more 2023 draft capital, those are the two options. Realistically, let's just say you know Dobbins or ETN is most. Those would be one of the two be, that I would move just because they have most the injury likely. question marks. I'd probably move ETN because he also plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is a separate question Fair. that I don't have for J.K. Dobbins. So I'd probably move ETN if you can get, I mean, maybe you could buy low on a guy like Debo Samuel right now with all the swirling rumors that we have about him. Maybe somebody's willing to sell him for the low. I saw somebody on Twitter trade, uh, a, a, do a trade involving ETN and Debo Samuel. And I don't think the ETN manager gave up much more to get Debo Samuel. I think it was like yeah. a third or something like yeah. that. So if you can if use you ETN and throw in a second round pick and get Debo Samuel, who's going to have a lot more yeah. long-term viability and who's still going to be a stud wide receiver who whatever team he's playing for and potentially one with even more longevity if he goes to a team that's not going to use him like a running back and just as a pure wide receiver that'd be something i'd look to do and like you said if you can get an uh, early to mid first rounder for either of dobbins and etn i'm okay moving them for that too for sure so uh i mean i agree there uh hopefully we answered all of your questions we'll move on to the final team of the video again before we get on to that hour mark we're looking at Kalen's team here. He says, hey, Danny, very interesting team I have here. As he lists, it's a full rebuild. All my firsts are guaranteed between 101 and 106 because the teams that have them are terrible. Curious what to do with my picks and who to trade for. So you guys can see the team. I mean, realistically, this is a, a complete productive struggle. You got your main pieces, obviously, with Lance, Fields, Etienne, Deontay, Elijah Moore, Cole Komet in particular, along with, you know, the 102, 106, 112, 202, 203, 
209 and 301 this year and all those future draft capitals. So, I mean, if we're looking at this team, uh, keep course, man. You're going to absolutely own their buy-ins from 2024 on to 2029. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, like in a super flex league, those five first round picks that you're going to have, like you said, they're all expected to be very early. Those guys are immediately, the second we know where they're going and when, when they get drafted, are going to have top three to four round startup value. Like those guys that you're going to get with those top five picks in next year's class. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Bijan Robinson, whatever wide receiver, Jordan Addison, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like how high do these guys go in startups next year? Probably all within the top four rounds at minimum. Yep. And some of those guys might be borderline first round picks. Like yeah, Bijan I mean, Robinson might be a first round pick next year. I mean, I'm looking at this. So, I mean, we're assuming it's a super flex. He didn't actually list here, but assuming it's a super flex. That 102, I'm looking at Malik Willis with this team. I mean, you're talking about projectable long-term value. He is basically the epitome of that. I would, I personally would sell it if I could, the 102 you could this do year, that because too. I think I'd rather just like, if you can trade down a little bit, acquire another 2024 first or something like that, and uh, and just add a, a wide receiver to this team, I'm cool doing that. But if at worst case scenario, I don't mind just taking Malik Willis. My only thing with that is that you're going to have a lot of high picks next year. And I think the, the quarterback prospects are better. Which so I'd rather fair. add my QB three in next year's class than I would add Malik Willis in this year's class. Which is fair. So, I mean, if you're not taking Malik Willis at 102, just ship the pick. Like, ship the yeah. pick, genuinely. So, uh, I don't mind that. Obviously, 106, 112, 202, 203, all those other picks. I mean, realistically, you're probably going to be looking at best receiver available. And, I mean, if you're building out a wide receiver core, you can't do much wrong with Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore. We'll say, you know, maybe a, a Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Drake London type at 106 falls to you. 112, you're looking at Sky Moore, Jahan Dots, and the other at 202, the other at 203, whatever you want to do. You're going to completely build out this wide receiver core. You're probably going to be seven deep by the end of this year. Or, heck, I mean, in your position, if you want to package some of those picks and maybe get some proven talent, I mean, Go you have Kyle so much Pitts flexibility. Would be my only, like, I, I mean, maybe you can't That's get Kyle one. Pitts. Maybe the guy that has them just won't trade them. But if you can send, I, I would be willing to send all three of my first round picks to go get Kyle Pitts. 102, and 106, 112, and go secure Kyle Pitts. And, you know, take your shots in the second round and just rely on the 2023 and 2024 capital you have to build yeah. out your quarterback running back and wide receiver core. Like you secure the best tight end in dynasty. I, I don't think that's a terrible idea either. I mean, realistically, you already took your league to the woodshed acquiring as much capital as you have. If you can just get those cornerstone pieces now and just absolutely run shed on your league, like go do it. Like you have yeah. the opportunity here. Yeah, I'm sure you got some like the Kyle Pitts manager in your league. Maybe he's a huge college football fan. So excited about the draft. Doesn't have that many picks. Like if you can dangle three firsts in front of him, one of them being in the top two, he might he might take the bait and give you the best tight end in Dynasty, which in my opinion is one of the most untradeable assets in Dynasty. Everybody has a price, of course. But if you're going to say somebody's untradeable in Dynasty, it's probably Kyle Pitts. In, in genuinely, even if you had to, you know, offer those three firsts and give up commit too. So because he wants a tight end back like you. You can do it. You have the yeah. you have the depth. You have the capital. You could do that type of deal. I don't say that often because not a lot of people are in the position to give up a lot of depth. But in your position, go and do it. Yeah, exactly. So if you guys enjoyed this video, as always, hit the like button. A little longer than we usually like to go on these. But again, if you did enjoy, like it. Comment any of your thoughts down below. Any questions, trade questions, who should I pick, whatever. We'll answer it. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. Like I said at the beginning of the video, we're closing in on 10,000 subscribers. The draft is five days from now. We want to get to 10,000 before the NFL draft so we can have a, a dual part celebration on our NFL draft live stream to celebrate nice. both 10,000 subscribers and the NFL draft happening. So if you haven't already done so, like I said, hit the subscribe button as well. Check out our, our Patreon if you want to be on future Dynasty Decisions episodes, if you want access to our Dynasty rankings, which we made reference to throughout this video. 
that is available that way. And you can also check out our sponsors over on underdogfantasy.com using the promo code FSE at signup and first deposit. You will get our 100% access to our Dynasty Rankings Manifesto as a thank you for using our code. And you'll get 100% match back on whatever you deposit on the site. So it's you get a little bit of money on the site. You can win money with that money. You get free money from them. And you also get our Dynasty Rankings for free. So it's a huge win for you guys if that interests you. So with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon.